You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Housing for the Aged Action Group, HAG for short, a housing group for older people run by elders. Present Raise the Roof! We advocate for secure, affordable and appropriate housing. So listen up on the second and fourth Wednesday of the month at 5.30pm on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Okay, welcome to a special edition of Housing for the Aged Action Group's radio show, Raise the Roof. We're broadcasting today on International Women's Day, which is really exciting. And you can also hear us in our usual time slot. But for this, for the purposes of this, we have today joining me, I'm, my name's Fiona. Um, we have Kobe Maglin, our National Development Worker. Hi, Kobe, how are you going? Hi, Fiona. And we're also joined by Pam Young, who was our regular presenter up until COVID hit. And so we're really excited <laughs> to, to join, have you join us again. Pam, how are you going today? Good, Fiona. Hi, Kobe. Hi, everyone. So it's really nice to be invited um, onto 3CR for this special broadcast on International Women's Day. Um, mm. We really wanted to be able to talk about the issue of older people um, and particularly older women and housing and homelessness um, for a long time. I mean, we talk about it a lot, but in the context of what's been going on on the national stage in our federal parliament with some of the people who are in power at the moment who seem to be um, disregarding the voices of older women or any woman it seems even more pertinent to have um, to have this broadcast on today and to be able to sort of talk about these issues. Um, I know Pam you were listening to the debate yesterday um, oh it was last week now and, yeah. and had some thoughts about it. Um, about the uh, press conference yeah, yeah. the um, uh, press club's um, luncheon with Grace Tame. Mm. Um, fabulous fabulous um, speaker and um, um, she calls a spade a spade and um, even though they weren't allowed to talk about controversial things and that they um, the questions she they asked her she answered really really well and they, one of the questions was um, would you ever go into politics and she said no <laughs> <laughs> and yeah no it was really really good and if anyone wants to see it, it you can get it up on your computer um, and um, it's worth worth seeing it really is you know a wonderful wonderful lady that's going to do a lot of good as already done a lot of good but mm. she's going to do a lot more good with um with the way she's going and the way she talks to everybody yeah yeah and um on this day international women's day we're also releasing a report um or a briefing note to highlight some of the issues of older women um and housing and homelessness there's been we often talk about um public housing as a solution for people who are facing homelessness. And as we've talked about for some time, older women are the fastest growing um, cohort of people who are facing homelessness. But at our service, Home at Last, one of the real difficulties that we have are trying to find a housing solution for um, 
those older women who have a small amount of savings in the bank or a small amount of superannuation, which means that um, they're not eligible for public and community housing because they're over what's called the asset limit, but they don't have enough money to um, be able to purchase their own home or to even enter into um, retirement housing or um, other types of low cost housing. So it's a real issue that we've been talking about for some time, but we thought it was time given that there's just been an announcement about, um, about investment in affordable housing, that we should really try and highlight this issue um, and talk about it a little bit more because we're, we're seeing these increasing numbers of older women fall through the gaps um, of the system. Kobe, did you have any, um, anything you wanted to share about that, that cohort of women and, and um, older people and, and the report? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Fiona. Um, uh, just reflecting um, on uh, the, the consequences of structural gender inequality, mm. um, which we're seeing um, come to light through this group, um, it, it really is because they have um, lower superannuation uh, because of um, the wage, the gender wage gap. Um, and also, um, you know, time taken out of out of work uh, for caring responsibilities, and the fact that um, we still have um, gender pay gaps in terms of professions. So, uh, women-dominated professions, um, caring professions, are paid less. So, consequently, uh, we do find that many uh, women are approaching retirement and retiring with um, superannuation balances um, that. Uh, $50,000 or less. Um, I need to change that actually. I'll have to fix that. Um, that we, we've, uh, it'd be good to have the stat, but um, we are seeing that there are women who um, have worked, have got some savings, but certainly not enough um, to uh, buy a house. And if they're in private rental, then um, you know they will end up um, paying down that, that savings, that um, superannuation. Um, and um, find themselves in a, in a fairly dire situation in terms of their housing. Mm. Um, so what we've been doing um, is uh, trying to bring attention to this group that we're referring to as the missing middle. Um, missing middle because really their housing options are fairly limited. Um, as Fiona mentioned, they're, you know, they're not um, uh, eligible for social housing because they've got too much uh, money um, over the $30,000 limit. Um, but um, they are increasingly struggling to find affordable rental and their options otherwise are, fa are fairly limited. Um, so we are also saying that we need to know more about this group. We're seeing a number of women coming through our service um, who fit this description, um, but in terms of actual data, um, they're fairly uh, hidden. Mm, yeah. And... We're also asking, as well as the lack of research into this, because we've got a lot of anecdotal information about this group of women, um, but we, so we really do need some more kind of targeted research, but we also need government to recognise that this is a problem. Um, and so, although it's great that there's an increase um, or potentially going to be an increase in some of the investment in community housing, which may assist some of the people that are under the asset limit. We're really hoping that the affordable housing part of the big housing build strategy actually targets women over 55. Um, and it's because of that structural disadvantage over a lifetime 
that really comes home to roost for for the people that come through our door and it's just ridiculous to have people having to spend what small nest egg they've managed to eke out over their working life on rent going out the door paying 350 400 dollars a week um, on rent just to be able to get under the asset limit um, so one of the things that we're calling for is that the government invests in affordable housing for women over the asset limit who are aged 55 and older and we're asking people who are interested in this topic to um, come to a consultation that we're holding um, and that is going to be held on the 25th of March via Zoom um, and you're welcome to jump online and we can explain how to do that um, if you don't have to have a computer like Pam knows, you can jump on in any number of ways with a phone or an iPad or a landline. Um, and we can hear from you about what your thoughts are in terms of actual solutions that we can propose to government to address this issue. Um, so we'll put the information about that consultation in the show notes. Um, and also just give us a call at the office if you want more information about that. We might just quickly jump to some announcements um, and then we'll be right back. Sorry, I detest you. Hi, we're Rusty Tongue, and you're listening to 3CR Community Radio. Oh, yeah. Smash the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. Smash the patriarchy. My name's Fran Bodkin. I'm a Tarawa woman of the Bidigal clans. My mum was Aboriginal. My dad was a mixture of Irish and Canadian. Indian. They made a great pair. Mum was the one who taught me a great deal of what I'd learned about our bush, about our culture and special places. We're in one now. And also my great nan. Um, my great nan was, was a, a beautiful little old lady. She's, even then she came up, just about came up to my shoulder, but she was a tiger. She was wonderful and uh, she also taught me an awful lot. Mum wrote down the stories for me but it was Nan who explained them and the importance of the stories and what I could learn from them and um, yeah and she also taught me a lot about the plants and that and how they need to grow together. Um, although they both gave me plant knowledge it was her knowledge that I'm working on at the moment. It was great man's knowledge that I was working on now. And, uh, and it's, it's so interesting. It ties the medicines and the foods and, and the people together. This, this wonderful association. Welcome back. You're listening to Raise the Roof, a special International Women's Day edition of Housing for the Aged Action Group's show. Um, you just heard from some announcements there on 3CR and how important it is to have to hear from older women. Um, I'm joined today by Pam and Kobe, and we're talking about the issues for older women who are who the retirement housing system is failing. Um, and Kobe, you had a couple more details about um, that that you wanted to share with us. Yeah, I just wanted to flag that um, there was recently a retirement income review that was undertaken by Treasury um, and that um, found um, that uh, the retirement income system is not really working for renters. In fact, um, it is failing for renters um, mm. and there needs to be 
um, further support offered. Um, this, the, the system assumes um, there are three pillars. Um, there's the age pension, there's superannuation, um, and then there's, oh, God help us, voluntary savings. And so that, that assumes um, home ownership. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where it's failing for our particular cohort um, because we know that um, women are um, retiring with um, superannuation balances that are significantly less than men. So um, the average balance for men um, is um, $270,000, um, whereas for women is $157,000. That was 215, sorry, 2015-16 figures. Mm. Um, the median balance for, for women um, was just $36,000. So not enough um, to um, certainly um, support uh, home ownership. Um, and um, as we've been highlighting, um, but not enough to be eligible for social housing. Yeah. Yeah, um, we're going to play a little clip from the archives now, um, a voice that anybody that's a regular listener to, uh, to the show will know, and that's um, Molly Hadfield. So I thought because it's International Women's Day and Molly Hadfield was a staunch activist and feminist for women's rights, um, there's a Molly Hadfield oration that happens every year um, on International Women's Day, which commemorates her contribution to the fight for women's rights. Um, so I thought it would be appropriate to hear from her. The clip, obviously she's passed away, um, so it's a little bit old, but it, it talks about um, what it's like to be a woman who is living in private rental, what it's like to be moving um, constantly at that older age um, and how important it is to remain connected to your community. So a lot of times people are expected to move out to cheap places where there might be cheaper rentals and then you lose that connection with the places that you know and the people that you know. Um, and it's really, really difficult. So we're gonna hear from, from Molly now um, as a bit of a blast from the past. And also disturbingly, not much has changed. In fact, it's probably gotten a hell of a lot worse since her day in terms of the rents going up, um, but it's good to hear the voice of a, a staunch feminist um, in our airwaves. So we'll hear that and then we'll come right back to hear from Pam about her experience growing up in public housing. I love it. I don't want to leave. <laughs> and I'm frightened I will be having to leave. Yes, it's very central. Uh, a lovely community, lovely people, neighbours, all say hello, good morning, hot day or cold day or whatever it is. A lot of children passing by. And I can walk to do my shopping. I can walk east and west to get a tram. I can go seven minutes and I can get the railway, the train. And that's what all old people should have. I, I was quite thrilled with the rent when I first moved in because I could manage. Because I got after my husband died, I got rent allowance. And, I, well, I could cope. And I thought, well, that's all right. Then the next rise come and then... I went into housing for the Age Action Group and Jeb wrote letters and got in touch and all. And so they knocked it just back from $50 to 25 probably, something like that. And I could cope still with that. But now it meant the little bit of money that my husband left when he died, I'm pulling on that now to live and the pension is paying the rent more or less. So that, what if I hadn't had that? I'd say I was one step from homelessness 
nowhere in this area would I've got anything cheaper than what I'm paying under suffering, so I suppose I'll have to. If it gets up any higher, I'm going to have to. But I don't want to. It's become sort of my home. And there's more than just renting a place. There's a community. Oh, look at it. It's a, your heart and soul goes into where you live. And then you have to move. Then what? Am I better to go without certain things and live in something to pay a bit more rent than to move out where I've got cheaper rent and you lose the soul of the city and, you, and yourself and it's very emotional and terrible terrible things that older people have to go through that the whole housing situation has to be looked at it not just rent but what's a community what what does it mean when you're living somewhere and that's the part that I worry about. Now the effect on my health was the, all the emotional stuff, all of the problems of having to walk around public, you know, on foot to be looking for a place to live in. All that came against me. I was only here six weeks and I went down with shingles. And that made me aware of what situation, if you haven't got a permanent place to live in, what does that do to your health? Even now, when I got that rent rise, the emotional and the feeling inside that you haven't got a home. It's security of tenure that's the, a big worry and the rent rises to me are the biggest worries in renting. There's no control on the rent. You get 60 days notice to move out. How can you do that when you're older? CR, we are supportive of all the ladies and we just want them to do their best. So here are our top five tips for how to be the best lady you can be. Firstly, number one, do whatever the f you want. Two, wear whatever the f you want. Three, eat whatever the f you want. Four, go wherever the f you want. And five, and most importantly, be whatever the f you want, because that's the best lady you can be. This has been brought to you by the 3CR Ladies Auxiliary Committee for International Women's Day. Smash the patriarchy. Okay. Um, now we're going to hear from Pam. Pam, um, where did you grow up, Pam? It was in Victoria, wasn't it? No, I grew, grew up in uh, Aberfeldy. Where's uh, which that? Is West, West Essendon. Oh, okay. So, yeah, we had our own Aberfeldy State School. We went to the Aberfeldy State School and it was a little estate. It's, it still exists as Aberfeldy um, and it's been in the news for a few criminals that live there. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, so we went to Aberfeldy um, in, I think I was about three. So that would have been in 1946. Okay. Um, what, what it was, was um, if, your if your father was in the military and he was away and you had more than two children under five, they gave you a house. Wow. And, um, 
there's there's probably about oh, in that particular area uh, about eight streets of housing commission houses and little housing commission office where we used to go and pay the rent and all that sort of thing with our red book um our, our side of the street were all weatherboard, three-bedroom weatherboard houses on large blocks. The black the backyard had was divided into two. We had all fruit trees down the back, which I used to sit in the apricot tree and eat apricots till they came out of my ears. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, look, we had a we had a I I think we had a pretty good life. There was about 87 kids in the street. Some of them wow. had eight children, some had ten children, some had two. Um, most of us went to the state school or the Catholic school. Um, the ones that had one or two children, they, their children sometimes went to the private school. But um, we all got on well. Um, and um, our mums, uh, our mum, our mums were incredible. Our Ooh. mums were absolutely incredible. Um, my mum, um, she started. She knits, and she's a great knitter. So she started knitting people um, jumpers and things, beautiful fair isle jumpers with horses' heads on them and things like that. And she, I think, she used to get three shillings for a whole jumper. Wow! You know, and and um, then she worked for a company called Robert Blake, who um, embroidered marquee knitwear, children's knitwear. So we'd get thousands of thousands and thousands of little jackets delivered to our house and she'd sit there embroidering them all and she'd get paid for doing that because my dad was a drunk and he didn't provide money after after the government changed the fact that um the military could not take money out of the um men's um salary anymore and send it to the women um sometimes weeks and weeks and weeks you know so yeah so she 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 survived by um, she'd have a cabbage, she'd cut it in half, give half to Mrs. Lacey. Mrs. Lacey would give us, she'd have a bag of potatoes, so she'd give us a bag of potatoes out of her bag. So, yeah, and we had a great time. We really did, you know, and there was no stigma. I didn't feel any stigma when I was a child until I got to my teens. That's when I started to feel the stigma. Um, when I was going out to dances, I became a... Um, a um, uh, of jazzer I suppose you would call me and um, you'd go to dances and someone say where do you live and you'd say Essendon and you know straight away you'd get dropped like a hot scone you know because if they didn't have a car they weren't going to drive you all the way home to Essendon so, and uh, and what school did you go to yeah I went to a girls school and I hated it um, my brother went to a technical school and he hated it too he was very clever he should have gone to the high school. I wanted to go to the high school because all my friends went to their high school, but that was mum's way of keeping us segregated, you know. So, you know, girls went to girls' school, boys went to boys' school. Um, I was talking to my sister on um, uh, Sunday, actually, and we just, we she came up with a comment, which I had never realised, but the first three streets um, were all these weatherboard houses on one side and brick complexes on the other side. But then after that, they started to change the style of the houses and they became those cement sheeting, horrible little tiny houses full of asbestos and things like that. Must have been an economical thing that they decided to do. But our house was lovely. Ooh. Our house was painted every two years. Um, it was uh, mum loved pale green, so our house was the pale green house in the street. Um, but um, later on, she changed to cream. I don't know why, but she did. Um, but we never owned that house. <clears throat> Mum rented that house for 50 years because 
you had the, the father your father had to be the one that made the the plans to you know to buy the house um you what they did i think it was in about the 80s i can't find in the actual date on online or anything about it but they they came to everybody and approached them and said uh the rent you'd paid over the years went as a deposit and then the rent that you were paying from then on um, became a payment for the house. So mm. a lot of people bought the houses, you know, we didn't. And as I say, mum lived there for 50 years and paid rent. So she could have bought the house over and over. But because she was a woman, she couldn't do it. It had mm. to be in my father's name. And so, yeah, so, and by the time she got around to um, understanding all this, it was too late. She was too old to do anything about it. So, you know, mm. so, yeah. But then she shifted out of there. She shifted up to Essendon into a little little flat because they wanted that house. They wanted that house with the three bedrooms and they wouldn't do any work on it So um, until she moved out. So when she agreed to move out, they then did it up and they put a family into it. But now it's gone. It's got, a, there's a neo-Gothic block there um you know the, the blocks of land they've sold most of the most of the houses that they own because the lands were, was worth quite a lot of money you know and the, the houses that they're building there are over a million dollars so now but in those days it was just a pure working area you know mum mum bought us christmas presents from um, walton's money a man used to come around with all this fake money and she would get this fake money and um she would pay it back over over every week. And I can remember sitting on the bed very quietly because he was knocking on the door and she didn't have the money to pay him. So we had to make out like we weren't home, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so but yeah, as I say, we had we had a happy childhood. We fought with the kids across the road, we made friends with the kids across the road. Hot days we would be all out playing Charlie over the water and running from one side of the road to the other, and all the mums would be standing having a yak and you know all that sort of thing you know so yeah um what else can I tell you about so, Aberfeldy so that, with the can I just ask Pam yeah. so when they came and did the house painting every two years was that the government that did that yeah yeah the commission yeah yeah the housing commission and yeah. you could choose yeah. your own color they didn't yep. mind wow no oh well out of like pale green white cream you know they had you had a choice and they had the, the paint already there you had to choose which one out of the out of what they had but yeah, no, no, it was, it was, look, it was quite a nice house, you know, it really was quite a nice house, had a nice, um, nice garden that because mum used to do the garden, had a hedge and um, all that sort of thing, you know, we, we used to um, walk on kerosene tins with sticks out down the front lawn because we had a slope, you know, Yeah, <laughs> I split my head open once doing that, you know, yeah, break did, sister's leg. Did your mum yeah. move into another public housing unit or did she move into, where did she go no, when she no. left? What she, she moved into a um, there was six little um, little little cottages uh, with a back and a front yard, just a tiny little back and front yard, um, and they were owned by the commission as well. Yeah, so they put yeah. They asked her would she shift, and first of all, she said no because she didn't want to leave the area because she'd lived there all her life and all yeah. her friends lived. But um, they actually they they showed her three places one in Mooney Ponds one in Essendon and this one was in Cooper Street which was just up the over Buckley Street which was in the same area sort of thing so she said yes she'd take that so that that's what that's what she did you know yeah and she was she was quite happy there um because she could still go to all her old foggy things and that you know her old um uh, meeting places and all that sort of thing you know so she yeah but 
of course, she's 99 now, so all her yeah. friends, have, uh, they've all passed away, you know, so over the years. So um, when she shifted, she made new friends, you know, so which was good, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's, a, she's one of those people that she's, she she does make friends quite easily and that, you know, she'll talk to people on the bus. She used to embarrass us out of her, our brain when we were kids. She'd get on the bus and start talking to this woman sitting there and you go, oh, no, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So it goes to show that it is possible to build nice public housing with a nice community and there not to be stigma and, and it just to be part of life and not, and not you know, no big deal. This idea that, um, you know, it's a ghetto and all this sort of stuff that you hear the government sort of say, oh, we can't build public housing on public land because it'll be a ghetto. It doesn't have to be like that. No, it, it like doesn't. That when you were a kid, it doesn't have to be like that now. No, no. People, people that didn't know us, if they drove up and parked outside our house, they wouldn't have known it was exactly. a house commission area. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, and that's the but, way it should be. But four streets up they would have because they're all those grey, dreary-looking, you know, cement shooting places, you know. Yeah. And then up further in Essendon, where my first husband came from, they were they were horrible. They were cement blocks and they were so tiny and everything. And sometimes there was five, six kids living in them, you know, yeah. and they always had colds and things because they were wet and damp and, you know, and there's no need for that. You know, there is no need for it at all. You know, they don't have to build, um, you know, big spacious houses or that, but they, you know, they, they don't can... have to build crappy houses either. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. They can make nice houses. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's probably all we've got time for today, guys. Um, thanks so much for joining us on the on the show today. It's really nice to have you back, Pam. We'll have to make sure that you're back regularly. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, now that we're back into the well, we're not quite back into the studio all the time, but no, but maybe maybe shortly. Yeah, maybe yeah. shortly. Yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Yeah, it'd be good. It would be. And thanks, Kobe, for coming to talk to us about the missing middle. Um, Thank you. You are able to read that report up on our website if you're interested. Um, it's not got a great amount of detail in it. It's just really to draw government's attention to the issue. Um, so if you want to have a look at that, we'll put the link in our show notes um, and we'll probably tweet it out on our, on our different, you know, spiels that we do. I should also mention the number of the service. So if there's an older person listening who's aged 50 years and older and who's in housing stress, they can call our Home at Last service. And the number for that is 1300 765 178. Um, and you can call any time, well, between nine and five, any time during the week. And one of our lovely intake workers can have a chat to you about your circumstances and your options. So that's it from us. Uh, we'll go out with a song. I don't know what it is yet, but we'll go out with a song <laughs> i am women i am woman yeah okay we'll do some we'll do some helen ready <laughs> all right cool thanks everyone bye, bye. see ya bye.